broadcasting live from the studios of Business Radio X, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Village Medical, an award-winning primary care practice. Village Medical, a new way to well. Hello, this is Dr. Jim Morrow. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. This is episode 90, I believe it is, of To Your Health. I appreciate very much everybody, anybody really, and not to mention everybody, taking a moment when they can to listen to the podcast and also to send me ideas when you have those for a podcast. Last time's podcast and this one as well, both came from listeners, so I appreciate that very much. It's not the easiest thing in the world to keep thinking about topics that might pique your interest, but I'm going to keep plugging at it. And I appreciate everybody sending me ideas when they have them. I am here in my office studio and so thankful that today is not a video podcast because my desk is a wreck. And my producer, John Ray, is in his very well-decked out (laughs) studio there in Alpharetta, and his desk is not a wreck. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Your Your desk is always a wreck. I don't know why why you say today's a, like a video you don't want it to be a video because like it's always a wreck because when it's a video i have to spend 30 minutes before the thing cleaning my desk off oh and i didn't have to do that today so it was nice well is that what you did with representative todd jones because i didn't notice the difference <laughs> it is thank oh. you so much i did read a thing the other day that said that um einstein's desk was a complete mess and that they found that people who have a cluttered desk are a lot smarter than people like, well, you. <laughs> <laughs> so our, right. our next episode is going to be on cluttered desk, huh? Yes, it may very well be. Okay. If there is a next episode <laughs> after this, people may just write me and ask me to please not do any more of these. All right. Um, but I really do appreciate people so much. Everybody's been so good about that. And so one of the things we've not talked about yet is menopause. And so I want to do a a podcast on menopause. I want to talk about what that's like. And I'll admit up front that everything I'm telling you is hearsay on my part because I've never been through menopause, although I'm old enough. I've not had that pleasure, if you will. Um, But in doing my research, I did learn some new things even for me about menopause. And if you don't know, if you're a guy listening to this, especially menopause is when your menstrual periods permanently end. It's not when they slow down a little bit. It's when they completely stop. Perimenopause is that period about usually three to five years around the time of menopause, before menopause, before your periods finally do stop. And during this time, people a lot of times will have fewer periods, strange periods, and so forth. But that's the the perimenopausal period. So people go through menopause, women, of course, go through menopause because of the changes in their body that occur with age. Now, the average age for someone to have their last period is about 51 years old. But it can occur anywhere from 40 to as late as 59. And you go through menopause typically about the same age as your mother did. That's usually what people see happening. And you might stop, like I mentioned early, at age 40 or even before. And if you stop certainly before the age of 40, then you really do need to see your your doctor, your family doc, GYN, 
to find out for sure why it is that they stopped. Because if you're not in menopause, you want your doctor to look or he wants to look for other reasons that you might have stopped having periods. And menopause is very much a gradual process. Uh, it's not fast at all. No matter how fast you want it to be, it's not going to be. And it really can take years to completely uh, finish and to completely go through menopause. You're really not through menopause, quote unquote, through menopause until you haven't had a period for 12 months. And a lot of times women will have periods very rarely, but still have them. And if they're having at least once a year, they're still not in menopause. Now, if you're at that point and you don't want to get pregnant, then it's very important that you use some form of birth control during that time, because you still can get pregnant if you're not all the way through menopause. And there's also, of course, a surgical menopause, and that's when you have your ovaries removed uh, through surgery. Now, most people don't understand terms like hysterectomy and so forth. So I'm going to take just a second and clarify terms like that, because if you have a hysterectomy, that means that you've had your uterus removed. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have anything to do with menopause. If you had a hysterectomy, if you have your ovaries removed, then obviously that means that you'll be going through a surgical menopause. And the difference is it's very sudden. It's not slow and drawn out. But a, the removal of your ovaries is called an oophorectomy. And the hysterectomy means purely that the uterus removed. And you'll hear people talk about a partial hysterectomy. And in most cases, what they mean is that the uterus was removed and not the ovaries, but that's still a total hysterectomy. It's just not an oophorectomy. So I mentioned earlier, menopause happens <clears throat> because you're getting to the age where your body doesn't produce the hormones necessary to release an egg every month. These are primarily estrogen and progesterone. And that happens at different ages, but that's the chemical reason, the technical reason that you go through menopause. Now, menopause can be diagnosed through blood tests and checking hormone levels and that kind of thing. But really, that's overkill in the majority of cases. Really, menopause is diagnosed by history. You know, you are having regular periods or, or whatever is regular for you as an individual. And then you start having them less often and then even less often and even less often. And finally you stop. And that, that period when you are having them less often is that perimenopausal period. And once you stop completely, then you're in menopause. When I was, <laughs> when I was reading about this, there was a, a question that came up. Can menopause be prevented or avoided? And the answer very simply is no. It can't. It's going to happen. It might not be when you want it to be, but it's going to happen at some point. And when it does happen, most women have some sort of symptoms. They may be mild. They may be severe. They may be limited to one or two things, or they may be a multitude. But the symptoms that people typically have uh, include, like I mentioned, a change in the menstrual cycle. That's one of the first ones you notice. And then most people are familiar with the fact that women in menopause get hot flashes. 
That's the most common symptom when you have menopause. And when you have a hot flash, you feel warm, obviously, from your chest to your head, typically, is the upper body as a rule. And these often happen in a, a wave-like sensation, like it's passing from the chest up and over the top of your head. Your skin can turn red. You might sweat. It's not a blood pressure-related phenomenon, but still you can turn red and sweat. still happens. You might even feel sick to your stomach, a little bit nauseated, and you might feel dizzy. Some people have some headaches when they get hot flashes, and some people have some palpitations. But still, they're all basically hot flashes. As you go through menopause, because of the decrease in female hormone levels, most people will, will experience some degree of vaginal dryness. And that's because the mucosa of the vagina and the vulva gets to be thinner. And when it is, it produces less secretion. And that obviously leads to dryness. And that can be a problem because it can lead to painful sex, painful intercourse. And if that's happening, you need to do something about that. And you want to be careful what you do. Now, there are a multitude of things at the drugstore that will help with vaginal dryness. But my biggest suggestion and, and warning is do not use Vaseline. You don't want to use anything like that because it can actually block the urethra where the urine comes out. And if that happens, you can end up with a raging urinary tract infection and you do not want that. So just don't use Vaseline. Another thing that happens is urinary tract problems, not so much infections, but urinary tract problems, bladder problems and so forth. A lot of times women will go to the bathroom more often. Uh, they might feel a more urgent need to urinate. And you need to let the doctor know if you're having burning, because you might have a UTI, if that's the case, or if you're not able, obviously, to urinate, you should let them know. And this is not the most common symptom for sure but it can happen. Another thing that happens is women frequently have headaches during menopause. Uh, as you're going through menopause, you might have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, and any trouble with your sleep cycle can lead to headaches. You may even have night sweats, and that's not uncommon. And that's, that's different from a hot flash in that it's sort of a whole body sweat. And a lot of women will wake up with the sheets soaked in the night, and that's because they're having night sweats due to menopause. And one of the last things that can happen that's probably most bothersome to people is weight gain. Weight gain seems to happen just because of the change in your metabolism that occurs when you go through menopause, uh, but it's a pretty common uh, finding in women that are going through menopause. And so you just want to be careful that you're getting as much exercise as you can, that you're being as careful with your diet as you can and so forth. Uh, there's really not a way to prevent that other than being careful about those things. There are some things that might happen if you're when you're going through menopause that would make me want you to get in touch with your, your doctor, your family doctor, GYN, either one. And that would be the start of heavy bleeding and that's bleeding that lasts longer than usual typically or if you're bleeding more often than every three weeks if that happens you need to let them know or if you have bleeding after intercourse 
or spotting in between periods. So when you're starting to slow down on the, on the periods, you want to be careful of those things especially. And really, to me, the most important symptom that might happen really after menopause is that if you've gone a year and you haven't had a period, like I said earlier, that means you're in menopause. If after that point you have bleeding, you need to see a GYN because that can be a sign that you have uterine cancer and you need to have that checked so that you can catch it as early as possible and do something about it. So be on the lookout for postmenopausal bleeding. It's typically pain-free and doesn't have to be much bleeding, but it's very important. And if you do get that, you want to be sure that you look into it. Now, as far as treating symptoms of menopause, there's really not a, a well-defined treatment for menopause. There are ways to manage the symptoms, and there are things you can do for things like hot flashes and so forth. But one of the things that is used pretty frequently still is hormone replacement therapy. I mean, menopause occurs because the hormone levels drop. So it makes all the sense in the world that if you raise those hormone levels again, you can make the menopause stop or the symptoms stop. And this involves taking uh, synthetic hormones, hormones that are made in a lab and sold commercially rather than those made by your body. It can involve being uh, taking just estrogen by itself or estrogen combined with progesterone. And the difference depends on whether or not you've had a hysterectomy or not, and other things about family history and social history that would be taken into consideration when you were with the doctor thinking about getting started on this. But the hormone replacement therapy is, I don't think there's any question, it's the most effective way to relieve menopause symptoms. Um, but it's not for everybody by any stretch. Um, Studies have been going on about hormone therapy, certainly as long as I've been practicing, probably long before that. It seems that we get uh, new information every several years. The recent studies show that for most people, the risk of using hormone replacement therapy probably outweighs the benefit. And that's true for people who have a family history of breast cancer or certainly a personal history of breast cancer, uh, people who are smokers, people who are um, grossly overweight, uh, immobile, that kind of thing, uh, because the hormones themselves can uh, aggravate breast cancers and they can also lead to uh, deep venous thrombosis or blood clots in the leg and smokers and people who are not able to move around much. But in an awful lot of people, the benefits do outweigh the risk. Uh, one of the big benefits of uh, hormone replacement therapy is bone strength. And after menopause, because of the changes in hormones, the calcium that's driven into the bones to keep them strong can decrease. The bones can become weaker. And one of the best ways to prevent that is by being on hormone replacement therapy um, as soon as you go through menopause. And I don't, I don't think anything in medicine really has caused as much disagreement 
as hormone replacement therapy as menopause after menopause has. I remember back in, I'm going to say the early 2000s, I think that's when it was. Up to that point, we were putting everybody that went through menopause on hormones. Uh, there were studies out that showed that it helped prevent heart disease. There were studies that showed that it helped with bone strength and so forth. So really, the majority of people that went through menopause at the time, I think, were really being put on hormones. And then a study came out that showed that women who were on hormones had a high, highly increased risk of heart disease and heart attack and, and horrible outcomes, fatal outcomes. And we, we stopped writing hormones for women that day. I mean, we had some ticked off patients because they had been getting their hormones on a regular basis. And now they come in and we would say, no, we're not, not doing that anymore. And it was hard to explain to them. They didn't want to hear it. Uh, they did not want to get off their hormones because they knew what was coming if they did. Uh, and, and we didn't write them for years. And then the studies, usually what happens is if a study like that's done, people try to repeat it just to confirm the the information and they tried for years to confirm that and they could not repeat the results. They couldn't uh, reproduce the results. And so uh, it turned out that that study was faulty on a couple of different levels. And so other studies came out showing it was safe. So we went back to writing hormones. And if you ask me, that's just why they call it practicing medicine, because that's what we're doing. And that's been very obvious during the COVID pandemic. Uh, but it's been going on like this forever, and we continue to learn. Um, I do want to say that if you are going through menopause and you're having hot flashes especially, one of the best things that I've seen women use for hot flashes to prevent them is black cohosh. It's a supplement on the vitamin aisle there at the grocery store, the drugstore. Uh, it's very simple. It's... Um, it's benign. It's safer than Tylenol, certainly. Uh, it's one of those things that can make a tremendous difference for women that are suffering with hot flashes. Uh, so I would I would recommend that if you're having trouble with that, you try black cohosh. Another thing is you want to avoid certain things if you are having hot flashes. Uh, you want to avoid spicy or uh, hot foods and drinks, but spicy food especially can trigger hot flashes. Alcohol can trigger hot flashes. So when you really want that glass of wine, you need to be thinking about how badly you really want it if you found that it can trigger hot flashes in you. So it's an important thing. <clears throat> Too much caffeine can do the same thing. You know, and in trying to learn something about what other than either hormones or black cohosh people might do for hot flashes. I was amazed that the first thing that I saw said, turn your thermostat down. <laughs> I couldn't help but think that if I said that to a woman in my exam room, she would probably throw me through the door of the exam room. Uh, so if, if that's not obvious to you, then I would encourage you to try that. But I'd be willing to bet that you've probably already tried that if you are dealing with uh, postmenopausal symptoms. So mostly, <clears throat> I'm going to say that it's an important thing to 
realize that you're going through. I think most women really need to be on the lookout for this between the ages of probably 47 and 52. Um, I think you need to be aware of your body. You need to never say those five most dangerous words in the English language that I preach about to people, which those five words are maybe it will go away. So if you start having symptoms that are new to you, you should ask somebody. Even if it's expected, you should still ask. And I think that's an important thing to do. You want to be sure that if something's going on that's not part of the routine aging process, that you find out about it early, you deal with it, and you move on. And John, I think that's what I've got on menopause. You know, th this is a really important topic, but I think it it's important to uh, for everyone to normalize a, a conversation around it, including men, <laughs> um, to learn more um, so they can be sympathetic to the women around them, particularly, you know, in their in their uh, in the workplace, particularly. Um and speaking of the workplace, you know, you and I were talking about this before we came on the air. I just happened to run across, after I learned you picked this topic, happened to run across a Mayo Clinic study that was done sometime earlier this year or last year, but recently. And it found that 15% of women cut back on hours or they miss work entirely due to menopause symptoms. And that it cost them about one point eight billion a year. So that's in the cost wow. to them. Um, and and this was this is in the context of of uh, a lot of companies in the attempt to re attract and retain um, more seasoned female workers uh, and employees are introducing menopause specific services. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know that's a, a huge problem, and people certainly do miss work a great deal from it. Uh, and I'm glad to hear that somebody's interested in doing something to help them with that and to, you know, provide some benefits for them because I, I, I think it's been in large part ignored in the workplace. And, you know, part of the reason is nobody wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But also, but like you said, I think it's an important thing to have a conversation about in the right context with the right person. I agree with you. Yeah, and I think it's important for um, men, particularly men that are in a supervisory position, to 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 know how to handle it, to handle it with 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 care and and not um, probably the worst thing. Uh, there are a lot of bad things you can say, but don't ever say you understand if you're a man. Right? <laughs> right. Don't ever say that, please. Absolutely true. Yeah, because you you don't, and it's not like a you know, don't compare it to the stomach ache you had when you, you had too much barbecue yesterday. It's it's not the same thing, guys. So, um, so a good a good warning from John Ray. <laughs> I, I sound like I did that. That's a I really did. But uh, uh, but please, guys, um, listen and be sympathetic. But don't Absolutely. don't say you know how they a woman feels because you don't. So. Well, I tell somebody pretty regularly that if men had to have the babies in the world, our race would have died off eons ago. There's no question about that. So, well, I agree with that. That's 
That's right. You remember what Carol Burnett said about having a baby? I don't. I do not. But I'm afraid I'm going to find out. Well, I mean, um, I think our a lot of women out there know this that that um, um, she said something along the lines of men, if you know what it's like to push a bowling ball through a um, garden hose, then you know what it feels like. <laughs> I can't wait to see if that makes it onto the actual podcast or if that gets edited out. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's up to you. No, great. Great. <laughs> Lay it in my lap. Uh, and as always, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about in two weeks, but we're going to have another podcast then. And for now, that's to your health. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is sponsored by Village Medical, making your primary care more caring. Village Medical is a new way to well. To learn more, go to villagemedical.com. Come